Well, this is great. Happy feast day. Tons of people. I, and I'm, I really like, I can't make you, but man, come to the party, please. There's, there's a ton of food. There's drinks. There's whatever you want. And here's the, here's the deal. We don't have to have any guilt on our conscience. It's a patronal feast. We can break every single Lenten thing there possibly is. I mean, you can't sin, but like, you know, have, have fun. Let's have some fun. So afterwards, I'll explain this too at the end. We're just going to have a procession over. And as, as the servers lead us over and the Knights of Columbus will carry the statue, you guys will just get in line and head on over. As soon as you get there, just start eating and having fun. There's, like I said, all types of stuff. And as you're walking over, my staff will be handing you certain things. So just carry it over and we're moving in a big procession. Just a little thing about the St. Joseph's Table. This is the first time we've done it. And I hope to do it more and more and get it bigger and bigger each year. But the idea is, is there's these three levels, right? It's a one, two, three. Symbolic of the Trinity. This is a, it's a hun- hundreds of year old tradition. It comes from Italy, specifically from, the, from Sicily. The Sicilians were in a terrible drought. And like people were starving to death. And so what they did is they just had this huge, like the whole island started praying to St. Joseph that they would receive something. You know, like I wish we would do that. You know, what, you know, when really bad things happen, what do we do? You know, we, we turn to politics and we turn to money and we turn to... Nobody turns to their... I mean, like, the people in the Middle Ages, they just turn to their faith. And they're like, oh, they're unscientific. No, they believed. They believed. That's why. And guess what? Crazy stuff happened. The drought miraculously ended. They had a huge harvest that year. And that's why they had this table of bounty, right? And not only are they like breads and sweets and somebody was even gracious enough to make a little tabernacle out of cookies. I don't know if you saw that. There's some really cool ones over there too if you want to see them. But there's also like canned food, right? Non-perishables because it's also for the poor who need, right? Who are in need. But there's also bottles of wine because we're going to have a party. (laughs) And we're Catholic. So Joseph, right? Joseph's our topic for today. He's not easy to preach on because he's so hidden in the scriptures. He's very, you know, he's very, he doesn't say a single word. I always say he's kind of like a drummer in the band, you know? Nobody, he kind of keeps the beat, but nobody knows really who he is. And I think Joseph would love that. He would love the fact that Jesus and Mary are all front and he's in the background. You know, and then I think on top of it, you get St. Patrick's Day is always like two days away from St. Joseph's Feast. Right? And so everybody goes crazy for St. Patrick's and then they just kind of forget about St. Joseph. Patrick would be furious about that. Furious. He would want you to focus on Joseph. But, you know, Joseph's humble, so Joseph would want you to go and focus on Patrick and it'd be this humility stupid thing, you know. Uh, you're better, you're better. No. Like, and it's really, it's really beautiful. Joseph is an incredible character, you know. And there's even jokes about him, right? Uh, women like to say he's the perfect husband because he doesn't say anything. Bad joke. Bad joke. And I'll tell you why. Because Joseph, although he doesn't say a word in the scriptures, he says a thousand words, a million words through his actions. He is absolutely necessary for salvation history. So what was it about Joseph that God looked at that guy, that guy in in the history of the world and said, I want him. There's billions of men that have lived. Why Joseph? What was so special about him? You know, I looked at it from a worldly perspective. I think we can learn what God values if we look at St. Joseph. Because Joseph was not educated. He wasn't a scholar. 
We know that because he was a craftsman. He was a tradesman. I'm not saying that tradesmen and craftsmen are dumb. I'm just saying back during the time of Joseph, what you, that's what you grew up with. Your only education was the craft, was the trade. So he doesn't have a PhD. He doesn't have a lot of money. We know that. He has enough to take care of his family. But other than that, he really doesn't have a great deal of savings. So wealth isn't a big deal to God. And he didn't have any ins in worldly affairs in Israel. He wasn't a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He had no pull in the political sphere. So we can see very clearly that to God, money, honor, education, in the sense of like intellectual prowess, political stuff, none of that. God doesn't pick Joseph for any of that. God doesn't value this stuff. We should see in Joseph what God values and what makes a man a man and a woman a woman. Because in spite of what God shows us today, we focus a lot on the world. You know, I hear people like, well, my son's a great football player. I don't care. Is he a good man? Oh, my daughter, she's incredible at hockey. She got 36 on her ACT. I don't care. Is she a good woman? Oh, my daddy's a millionaire. He's a lawyer. He's a doctor. Blah, blah, blah. He does a CEO. I don't care. Is he a good dad? And a good spouse. Oh, my mom, she's the, you know, she's the CEO of this, that. I don't care. She a good mom. And a good wife. When God the Father sought, sought out the father of his son on earth, he saw Joseph. I think he saw a lot of qualities, but I think he saw three in particular. The first is obedience. How quickly Joseph moved when he was prompted by God. And it wasn't like there wasn't fear in his heart. I am convinced he had really no idea what was going on. I think sometimes we paint these pictures of of saints too pious. You know, if you look at Joseph's story, it's actually kind of comical. Right? You know, when he first, he's got the best girl in Nazareth. Right? And all of a sudden, she's not the best girl in Nazareth. And he's like, really? Come on, I was faithful to you. And then all of a sudden, he has a dream. Joseph. Yeah. Don't worry. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, but he does it. He, he just does it. And then he goes down to Bethlehem and he's walking around and he can't get a hotel. I got to sit, sit back and be like, okay, he's your kid. You can help me out here a little bit. Just a little. Maybe a hotel would be nice. No, you get a barn. A cave. And then when the baby's born, it's just, it's a baby. You know, when I, I'm praying with it. I'm like sitting there, and jo- I'm like Joseph, I'm like, you know, doesn't he dance or float around or something? He's just crying like a normal baby. And then Joseph's sleeping, and he hears Joseph, yeah, go to Egypt. Are you kidding me? Like, really? You know how far Egypt is? I got a newborn, I got a wife who just had a kid, and it's a desert between me and Egypt. Really? He doesn't do any of that. He just says yes. Then he gets down to Egypt, gets all settled, probably learning the language, getting a business bill, goes to bed. The guy must have been terrible, terrified to going to bed. You know, goes to bed. Joseph, what? <laughs> what do you want? Go back. What? Back? Yeah, go back. Never once, to our knowledge, does he do any of the stuff that I do in my prayer. 
Because Joseph is a saint. And he was obedient. And I doubt that Joseph had any idea what was going on with him. I doubt he had very little concept that he was going to play the second largest role in salvation history. That he would be one of the second most known men in the history of the world. When he was doing all these little things. But nonetheless, he obeyed God. Second was his faith. That's what made him so radically obedient. Because he believed. He believed that God, all things are possible. And that everything that happens in this life is from the Father and for our good. And keep in mind, this is a very important point. Joseph never saw, to our knowledge, he never saw a single miracle. Not one. He never saw the fruit of his service and self-sacrifice. We have a picture of it right back here. It's called the death of St. Joseph. Now, if I was dying, I would want to be surrounded by Jesus and Mary too. But... To our knowledge, we don't know if he ever saw any of it. And yet he still believed. And how was he repaid when Jesus was 12 years old in the temple? He comes up and he's like, Jesus, what are you doing? We were terrified. Mary says, your father and I were looking for you. And what does Jesus say? Didn't you know I was in my father's house? That's equivalent of saying to St. Joseph, you're not my dad. And I'd have been like, yeah. But not Joseph. No, Joseph, Joseph realized because he believed. And he didn't take that as an insult. Because he knew who Jesus was. He did everything believing with a faithful heart. And seeing no fruits to his labor. And finally, Joseph was humble. And he was generous. He always looked to the well-being of Jesus and Mary. Have you ever thought about this? Like whenever anybody's like, Say Joseph. You're like, Jesus, Mary. They immediately come to mind. Because that's what Joseph's whole life was. was a, it was a laying down of his life in service to Jesus and Mary. Imagine if they said, you know, John. And we were like, Jesus, Mary. Jake, Jesus, Mary. Mark, Jesus, Mary. Because we were so dedicated. We were so devoted. That's what Joseph is teaching us. It's not about us. And it wasn't about him. St. John Paul II wrote this in his encyclical, Guardian the Redeemer. And I'll end with it. Every heart open with humility and with a generous availability to the designs of the heart of God is the foundation upon which great works of love and grace are built. The Lord chooses throughout the history of the church humble and simple hearts to bring about his designs. The only thing that God needs to enter into history and powerfully carry out his plan of salvation is a heart totally open to his will. The yes of the human heart is the only necessary condition for God to be able to carry out great works of grace in each moment of history. It's all he needs. An available, surrendered heart. A heart without fear, a heart with trust. And my friends, things are not going to get any better. They're going to get a lot worse. And we are going to need our faith more than we have ever imagined. And was to stand in humble submission to the Father, who is all-powerful and all-loving, to turn to Him for everything, as Joseph did. St. Joseph, guardian of the Redeemer and spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us.